Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. Today, we're doing a solo episode and the title is Case Study, Lessons Learned from Conducting a Cybersecurity Audit. So I'm super excited about today's episode uh, because we had an opportunity to work with a partner client um, developing a cybersecurity risk assessment for their organization. And it was really, really interesting, a lot of the things that we found, and we thought it might be helpful to share our experience. As we know, a lot of our listeners are either somewhere in the middle of an audit, you, uh, you might be looking for your organization to go through an audit or an assessment for your business, um, or you may have just come out of one and you might be looking for ways to really understand how do you take the audit and the documentation um, and be able to move those corrective actions into a better place for the business. So what I'll do is I'll talk a little bit about that today and hopefully this will add value to you as our sub subscribers. So the big question that I hear people ask all the time is why is it more important now than ever to have a strong cybersecurity program and measures in place? And what I would say is it ultimately is about you being able to minimize your business interruptions and disruptions. One thing that I think people take for granted is when you're impacted by a cybersecurity incident is that your data, your technology, your assets from a digital perspective are literally held hostage for lack of better words. And you can't access, you can't move, you become uniquely aware of how critical those things are in your business than you probably ever have thought about previously. And it's for those reasons why planning, why preparedness, why assessments, why understanding your gaps, why taking a look at your liability insurance, it's for all of those reasons that this is so critically important so that when something happens, you've at least done the groundwork and you're prepared, you can execute for your business and get the operations back up as quickly as possible. So as we went through the assessment that we did with our particular customer, one of the challenges that the organization came to us with were a few things. And so what we did is we joined a strategic partnership with a great firm that we work with on the cybersecurity side to really help us expand our capabilities throughout that engagement. Um, but what we were able to help them uncover was the misalignment that they had between cybersecurity insurance coverages and what they thought may have been covered and what was not. One of the big glaring things that came out of the audit was the quantitative value of the cyber liability insurance potential gaps that they had within the organization and what that ultimately was costing the business. So for example, uh, if you have a portfolio that might be a value of a billion dollars, what we were able to help them to understand was that their cyber liability risk exposure was about $15 million of a $1 billion company. 
And so the question that we often get to ask leadership is, is this level of risk something that's critical for you? Is it something that's a concern for you? Or is it something that might be a minimal concern for you in the business? And it helps the organizational leaders to understand what is the risk appetite and what are you willing to expect or what are you willing to manage? And if they're not okay with that number, then we really start to work in what does it look like to help you uh, reduce those gaps and reduce those risks to get it to something that's more comparable for you and your business. The other thing that was pretty interesting, uh, some of the challenges that they came to as follows with was that they did not have a documented policy for their cybersecurity program, nor did they have strong measures in place to manage their workforce who may have been in compliance or out of compliance with those said policies. And so, you know, we oftentimes may think that policies or processes or procedures may be overkill, but people can't follow if you don't give them rules and frameworks and barriers to put in place. And so in this instances, that documentation did not exist. And so obviously people were not following the unspoken rules across the, the organization. So people always ask me, you know, what's the difference between an audit and an assessment and which one do you do first? So we always perform an assessment, then an audit. And the reason why is an assessment is typically more of a high level evaluation and a high level look at what you may be doing or not doing versus the audit is a more deep dived approach where we're really coming in to evaluate your controls, what you may have in place, how those things are working. And it's much more detailed than what an assessment is. We typically prepare our clients and say that the assessment helps you to prepare for the audit. And so in this case, with this particular customer, we did a cybersecurity risk assessment so they could see what their risks were, significantly lower costs, and then they can make that investment to do a penetration test or an audit or some other type of cybersecurity audit for their organization. But at least that initial assessment put them in the right ballpark of what may have been some of their strengths and some of their opportunities. So included within the assessment process and some of the steps that we took to help them get there, number one was to gain access to their technical environment. Um, so a lesson learned that we really figured out is we have a questionnaire that we send out to clients to really understand their network, how it's set up, um, and some of the requirements that they have. In this particular uh, scenario, we had um, some experiences where we learned some new things about the client's environment once we got into the engagement. And so we had to change the approach for how we did that work. And so I would definitely say, as you work with your external partners to come in and provide these assessments for your organization, definitely make sure you have the right people at the table from an IT perspective, from a legal perspective, as well as from an operational perspective so that when your third party partners are coming in to ask the right questions, that you give them the data that they need access to so that they can really support the organization and provide a seamless process. Step two for us is once we really understood the environment and what we were working with, um, we ended up doing a sample of the workforce. So let's say they had 100 employees, we sampled maybe 60 to 80 employees, and those were the networks and the computers that we focus on for the time of our scan. Thirdly, um, we use the technology system through our third-party partner that we have in, in this work, and they were able to help evaluate their computer security best practices for the client at each and every workstation. And so that was extremely helpful because once we had the tool set up and it was 
and able to deploy across the, uh, the organization, we were able to get the data in real time. And what I loved about this platform was that it was able to tell the client how much sensitive data may have been stored on their employees' devices. We saw people in roles like human resources, like compliance, like legal, like finance and accounting, who had PII data stored on different types of devices um, that was not behind the firewall, which created a significant amount of risk. Um, people from the executive leadership team to senior management to even entry-level employees had a very inconsistent way for how they were managing data. And this was really news to the IT team to really understand how the employees were managing that data. And so that was really critical and that was super eye-opening for the client from the onset. And then coming out of this assessment, what we were able to help the clients understand was not only the gaps from a cybersecurity perspective, but also some of the opportunities to bring better resiliency uh, and to, to bring better infrastructure for their overall business resilience program. And that included things like business continuity management, IT disaster recovery, as well as cyber liability and specific recommendations for what they could do based upon their industry to work around that. So when I think about some of the things that might have been glaring or high risk that we found in this process, the one thing that jumps to my mind is how important culture is to compliance and to getting anything done within the organization. And what I mean by that, in this particular setting, there was a culture that existed within the organization. People may not have been comfortable sharing what some of their gaps were, some of the things that they may have been working through over the years. If there were colleagues or employees who may not have been 100% confident in the function or the capability that they were working in, there was oftentimes uh, spaces where we found people may have covered up some, some things or just, just maybe were not 100% sure on how to share that, primarily because within the organization, how the culture was managed, how they interacted with executive leadership, how people may have been confident or not confident and how they shared that information. And what's interesting is how that really spilled into the assessment process and how we really had to work with the client to make them feel comfortable about what we were presenting and sharing, always reminding them that this is here to help you, to help establish a baseline so you and the leadership team can think through strategies and, and recommendations for how you want to uncover and get beyond some of these risks, as opposed to looking at this as something as you're not doing this right, you're failing, this is not you know, a good reflection of your work. We wanted to minimize that mindset for this client. Um, and I say that to say, what I've seen over the past eight years since we've been running as Spalis is there is definitely a difference that we see in organizations where there's strong leadership and a really strong culture where employees are engaged and they buy in and they feel safe versus organizations where that leadership and that culture really may not be a primary focus. There's a difference in how assessments and how audits might be received um, and how the leadership team may view some of those gaps and ultimately it impacts the business and, and the organization. So that would definitely be something that I would say was glaring and that really came through strong in the assessment process. In terms of findings that caught me off guard, people always ask this question, 
because we've been in the industry for a long time and we've worked with a lot of brands and we're friends with a lot of brands, nothing really surprises me. But what I would say that I think is often overlooked from a cybersecurity assessment perspective is the need for business continuity management. Your cybersecurity program is, and I would say it's ineffective without a true business continuity and crisis management program. And what came out of this assessment was this client did not have a strong capability for business continuity management. If I lose my people, my technology, my vendors, and my suppliers, what do I do? Who's going to do it? And how do I execute that? That framework was not established. When it comes to what is my crisis management plan, how, how am I going to manage my reputation, my profitability, and the operations, and how do we communicate that from a crisis communications perspective? Those things were not thought about. And so if you have cybersecurity technical response, but you don't have an operational response for how your business teams are going to be able to navigate through this crisis uh, scenario to include business continuity management, crisis management, crisis communications, it's almost like you're building a car with one wheel. Where did the other three wheels go? <laughs> and so that was a major thing um, that we saw in this case study example and with this particular engagement. But we often see that all the time. People think about cybersecurity narrowly from, well, my IT team's got it. My managed service provider has got it. But then when, I, when, when we ask the question, so what about your sales team? What about your marketing team? What about the client delivery team? What about the innovation and the research team? What happens to those teams while your assets, while your information, while your data is being held hostage? What's their plan? How do they do this? That's what, that's typically when people give us deer in the headlights and they start asking their teams internally more questions. And so this was pretty consistent to what we have seen there. And the last thing that I would say about this assessment process as we think about the cybersecurity risk assessment Big question that people always ask is what should we do if we don't have a strong cybersecurity program or if we don't know if our cybersecurity program is strong? And so my very short answer is two words, find out. <laughs> what gets measured gets managed. We did a podcast interview a couple of weeks ago and the guest said what gets funded gets managed. And so if you don't know what your risks, what your vulnerabilities are, I don't care what size business you are. If you're a small business, I believe the SBA provides free cybersecurity risk assessments, 10, 20 question questionnaire to help you think through that. If you've ever applied for cyber liability insurance, there's a significant questionnaire that your insurance provider will ask you. That's a mini assessment to help you understand where you may be and where you may want to grow into. I would also recommend a cybersecurity risk assessment to help you understand how you're controlling data, what things may be a concern for the organization. Do you have the proper insurance coverage? Are you under? Are you over? What supporting documentation like policies and things of that nature may you want to take into consideration? Do you want to take another look at your IT and your cyber response team? Are you getting what you need internally? Are you getting what you need from your current managed service providers? I think that an assessment is always good. And I also think that from a client vendor perspective, I think it also helps to drive accountability for both parties. For your vendors, I think it's important for them to continuously be able to reinforce value and to communicate what they're providing to you and your business. But I also think that it's important for you as an 
organization to be okay with having more assessments so that you know where you stand and what you're getting. And if you're not getting something that you need within a particular space, then you should be able to communicate that and get what you need from the vendors and the partners that you are working with. So I hope that this was able to be helpful for some of you, um, no matter where you might be within your cybersecurity journey. And we look out for the next opportunity for us to share the next podcast with you. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.